Yo, ready? Let's go. You think you know me. the vibes i'm here damn it <laughs> thank god for this beautiful day man and uh, again welcome to the podcast that you never knew you needed uh, let's go speaking of which with your boy t and uh, it always feels great to be sitting in this chair and man listen before i utter a word let me just say from the bottom of my heart thank you thank you to every single soul that listened to the last episode the numbers that it did i was not expecting that so I really felt the love, the responses, the feedback, everything was just overwhelming and I appreciate every single one of you man. God bless you. fully play music on here man but hey i still sneak in one or two in there right simply because music is life 
and um some days i just wake up feeling like celebrating life right yeah even through the bullshit we have to celebrate life because often we spend most of our time and energy focusing on the negatives it's understandable though with everything going on just existing alone can feel like it's a lot but trust me you will see the world just a tad little different if you understand that life is a series of cans not cannot so if you can just put your energy on things you can control things you can do things that uplift you and yes we go through shit but the keyword right there is through so just remember this too shall pass and life is short man forget everything that doesn't spark joy in your life focus on you be selfish with your peace with your space with your mental health focus on the people you care about your family your friends your base of course it might end in tears but <laughs> never mind me man i'm just being petty but if god blessed you with a great relationship if god blessed you with a great partner don't overthink these things man just appreciate and enjoy the moment and make sure you tell everyone that you love because you love them every single chance that you get man and uh this to an amazing friend of mine who has become family over the years my big brother Leme is in hospital at the moment uh he's not feeling well i just wanted to say get well soon bro i love you so much just get your ass out of there man we got stuff to do um and still on celebrating life so my birthday is coming up in a few days right and I'm super excited uh, to be in bed the whole day, really, if I won't be at work. But I'm putting that on my friends because you guys should be ashamed. Other people are out there surprising their friends with holidays, cars, apartments. You guys send me shorthand WhatsApp messages year in, year out. You don't even honor me with properly constructed English. <laughs> hey, T, HBD, yo with the classic balloon and dribble emojis <laughs> worse if you add on a cake with a candle on it don't ever do that at least girls will throw in a hot emoji in there for effect right but that's it please not this year don't ever send me a ribbon emoji without an actual present to unribbon no the thought doesn't count here send something so i know it's real um anyway to business man with this milestone second episode <laughs> milestone uh, with this milestone second episode i'm slowly realizing that uh, this is my happy place right even though it sometimes feels like i'm ranting on the flip side it does afford me an opportunity to just come here sit uh, and share a few stories uh, important experiences that maybe you might relate to right so opposite sex besties um <laughs> kidding man that's not what i want to talk about but anyway on that i personally don't believe you can have an opposite sex bestie you can have an opposite sex friend well let me not say it's impossible it is possible but 90 percent of the times there's one of you who is lying to the other especially those who are in a relationship like how how do you balance that because i'm saying this best off of what i do with people i consider best friends right I'm talking chilling at any time. I'm talking going out for drinks at any time. I'm talking texting constantly. I'm talking talking about everything and anything, right? And if you are not in a relationship, I think it's possible you can be besties. I still think one of you will be lying to the other in most cases, but I think it's possible. But um, if you are in a relationship, I just think it's very tough, man. It's very tough. The only problem is most times partners want to be called progressive. 
they are scared to voice out their concerns because they don't want to be labeled insecure but i just think there is a difference between friends and best friends right friends and besties i just think there's a difference your stories of we're bathing together with my bestie i'm like <laughs> come on and it also comes with respect if you respect your partner if the friend respects your partner as well things like that and i i hear a lot of girls say but i have male besties and they don't even look at me like that i'm like it's, it's possible but uh <laughs> chances are they actually look at you like that hey they just don't tell you that because maybe they are scared to lose you if it doesn't work out so they'll rather just stay in the friend zone or stay in the bestie zone or whatever but yeah man uh anyway that's not what i want to talk about uh so the other day i was late for work and i asked a friend of mine to uber for me and um a few minutes into the ride this guy the driver man it's so funny to me when you meet strangers and they just start going off about a particular group of people probably because they looked at you and assumed you don't belong to that group so it's safe for them to say whatever they want in your presence right like you look at someone and you assume there is no way this person is zulu so it's okay for me to talk shit about zulu people in their presence and that's exactly what happened so we're passing by point road and point road is like it's basically like the hill bro of durban right a lot of nigerian brothers stay there so we're passing by and this guy just started going off on nigerians he is going off <laughs> he is not stopping he's going off on nigerians and all foreign nationals in general talking about how dirty they are uh, how they smell how much he hates them how he can spot them from miles away that i wanted to laugh and how they are obviously stealing jobs etc right and i decided to keep my mouth shut and let bro continue on his rant because to be honest everything he was talking about i've heard it before a million times i've heard it being said to other people i've heard it being said to my face so there was no surprises there the only thing i wanted to learn from him was because forget the ugliness forget the bad thing forget the smelling those are just petty stereotypes to me they don't offend me i laugh at those what i was hoping to get from him was does it matter at all if these people are legally in south africa and in his whole xenophobic rhetoric i understood some of the things he was talking about and i decided to filter the bullshit right and focus on what i think is important um in this conversation uh anyway before i continue in, in about five minutes into his rant i think he realized man why is this guy replying to me in english and i saw him pause right look at the view mirror because i was sitting at the back and he looked at his phone probably to check my name and at that point i wanted to laugh because i think it clicked in his head good man what if this guy is nigerian the confusion in his face was just funny and i decided you know what we're already here so i might as well right so i asked him how come he couldn't notice that i am zimbabwe he almost parked the car in embarrassment and he was trying to fake it with a fake smile talking about ah but zimbabweans are kind people you guys you guys but you 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 don't look zimbabwean man and i have no idea how you guys fail to understand that telling a person they don't look zimbabwean anything of that nature is not a compliment 
you cannot compliment a person whilst shedding his or her people in the same sentence. You just cannot. So I was telling my friends how often I experience all this, right? And in my many conversations, experiences, observations, I've realized that um, this xenophobic rhetoric or just xenophobia in itself, if you want to call it that, it doesn't truly describe what happens in South Africa. I think what we have here is hate of African foreign nationals, not all foreign nationals. And I've never seen or had matches of violence or cause for hundreds of thousands, if not millions of Germans, Brits, Dutch people, Americans living in this country being told to go back home or whatnot. But that's not where my story is, because I believe what happens in South Africa is much deeper than xenophobia or afrophobia um, and just saying south africans hate african nationals i think that's lazy right what i care more about is one is it true two why does it seem like that's the case and three how can it be solved so first of all i think there is no excuse or justification for violence or hate especially towards other africans that's just my personal opinion because i think as black people we are already an oppressed group of people just fighting amongst ourselves does nothing for us it just makes things worse but i've realized that most of the hate comes from a population that is frustrated because of poverty and lack of economic opportunities right and they hate african foreign nationals because they feel like they directly compete with them for resources and opportunities that are already limited of course there are other factors but i just want to focus on this for now uh, it's also important uh, before i continue to say thank you to a lot of south africans who have welcomed we have housed we have accommodated we have loved we have embraced we have shared space and resources and love with us it's not easy to have groups and groups of people just walking to your crib and now you have to be buddies <laughs> It's not, but um, a lot of you, probably the majority, have welcomed a lot of African brothers and sisters. Some have even integrated and built families, and that's very important to always give credit where it's due. Because yes, names and languages and borders divide us, but when it all started, we were just one. However, there is no denying that there is a large number that also hate um, African brothers. And um, for some, it's just pure hate. And I, I don't entertain that. The only debate I'll entertain is if we're talking of jobs and others might want to talk about crime. Um, I was saying you need to understand that South Africa is one of the most unequal societies in the world where the gap between the rich and the poor is big enough to fit like, I don't know, like a thousand Elvovo Durangos, right? <laughs> what a terrible example. Yeah, but yeah, that example. Where the top 10% of the population controls about 86% uh, of the country's wealth and the bottom 90% have to scrap for the remaining 18, 14%. And these are facts. I'm not just saying this from <laughs> my head. These are facts. So in my eyes, this is how I see it. Imagine a stepmother living with four kids she doesn't like. When she buys a loaf of bread, she takes 15 slices for herself and take the remaining three slices 
gives it to the four kids to share amongst themselves. Now imagine at that very moment, four other kids from next door walk in, they are hungry and they also want to share, they also want a piece of those three slices. Now naturally, these kids will fight each other, but the truth is they are fighting the wrong person, right? Or they're fighting the wrong people. There actually is enough bread for everyone in that household if only it was distributed or shared equally. So I understand that the concerns of South Africans are legit. The anger, the pain, the frustration is real. It's just directed and blamed at the wrong people. I promise you the reason why there is high unemployment in South Africa among the youth is not because of a Malawian guy who is cutting grass in Ntlanga or a Congolese guy who is a barman at a restaurant. It's not. It's largely because of a government that doesn't care about its own people and they treat this country as a business where all they care about is satisfying their stakeholders. So what usually happens is instead of South Africans fighting white monopoly and politicians who have the other 15 slices, they would rather fight these other hungry kids because that looks like a fight they can win, right? This Oppenheimers and the beers and looks too big of a monster for ordinary South Africans to fight and win. So they'll rather chase away these ones on their level. I think if you understand the power dynamics, if you understand the amount of wealth that Africa possesses, if you understand who controls it, who benefits from it, how they benefit from it, and if you take a step back, you will see that hating, fighting, killing your own brother because of a job to work for a boy in the free state when you should be owning that warehouse, when you should be owning that business, when you should be owning that mine, when you should be owning that bank, when you should be owning that land, is just crazy. Like we are hating and killing our brothers because of waitering jobs. Like, come on guys. If there is one thing our colonial masters did very, very well was to colonize us mentally to an extent where none of us think we are good enough, right? So owning buildings, I that's for white people. As we just go to school, get a degree, and I work for those white people, work for those companies, and make them even richer. But what I want South African government to do is to look themselves in the mirror and start confronting problems head on. Starting from the roots, fixing all those things that were swept under the carpet during the time of Mandela. Like give meaningful economic freedom to your people. Let them own their country. And I'm not talking about breadcrumbs like shoe making factory jobs or waitering jobs. I'm not saying they're not important. I'm talking about land. I'm talking about banks. I'm talking about mines. I'm talking about things that can create generational wealth for black families. And you will see that there is indeed enough wealth in this country, in this continent, to provide for everyone that lives in it and everyone that might step foot in it. The problem is we have never known any better. So the little we have, right? The jobs that pay the minimum wage, that two-roomed RDP house is all we have ever known. So we think that's the pinnacle for an average black family or for black people. It's almost blasphemy to dream of anything beyond that. So, I strongly believe if the government of South Africa can redistribute the wealth in this country equally, many of these problems will disappear. Even the hate towards African nationals will decrease too. And 
let me also talk to uh, my African brothers that are living here. The least we can do is simply respect the laws of the land. If you go to somebody's house, you respect their rules. So let's just do the same. Yes, it's not every Nigerian that sells drugs, right? For example, it's not every Malawian or Mozambican that does this and that. But to those that do, you're just making it difficult for everybody else because people tend to generalize. So if one Malawian does this, it's now every Malawian does that. Right? So if you do that, you're just making it difficult for every other person to live peacefully in this country. Um, I just pray, man, we can all live in peace someday, man. And uh, before I end this, I just want to send my love and prayers um, to the young people of Nigeria who are fighting to free their country. It's time for the next generation to lead Africa, man. These revolutionary parties have failed us for decades. Yes, we'll always be thankful you freed us from our colonizers, right? But what good does it do if you destroy the very thing that you fought for? It's time for you to step down if you really care about Africa and let the young people, the vibrant people, take this continent to another level. It makes zero sense that every mobile phone in the world is made from cotton, mined in Congo, but Congo looks the way it does right now. It's unbelievable that South Africa accounts for 80% of platinum in the world and Marikana looks like a prehistoric village. It's painful knowing that one of the largest diamond companies in the world was started in Kimberley and Kimberley as a city has nothing to show for it. So it's time for young people of Africa to understand who the true enemy is and protect the wealth of this continent and make sure we are the sole beneficiaries of um, africa's fruits not some company in switzerland or australia it's time for african wealth to benefit african kids but that will only come if we understand who is the real enemy and understand the power that we have if we come together the power of our melanin that's what john hendrick uh, meant when he said to control a people you must first control what they think about themselves and how they regard their history and culture. When your conqueror makes you ashamed of your culture and your history, he needs no prison walls or chains to hold you, right? Basically saying, if you control a man's mind, you don't need to worry about their actions. So I dream of a day where I see less hate and competition, but more collaborations among Africans and among black people as a whole. And it reminds me of that, uh, the clicks madness a couple of weeks ago. And it was fascinating for me to see other black people talk about, it's just, hey, man, what's the fuss about? You cannot condemn clicks for such an ad when black women wear white people's hair on a daily basis. And I just laugh at the lack of comprehension. It's just madness. Like, you don't even understand the power and symbolism of black hair. Do you even understand how we ended up wearing weaves in the first place? It's a direct result of decades and centuries and centuries of being told time and again of being reminded at every corner, on every street, in every magazine, on every TV show that straight silk hair is the standard of beauty. And black kinky afro hair is not professional, it's not acceptable. So these are standards of beauty that were forced on us for 400 plus years. Our hair is our crown. 
it represents who we are as a people it wasn't only used to identify cultures and status symbols it was also used by slaves to map out escape routes that's how deep this thing goes that's why you see that when slave boats were leaving africa one of the first things that they they would shave our hair off right so when i saw that it pissed me off and it's even madness for hair product companies to be that ignorant and insensitive and disconnected when black people contribute probably 70 plus percent of the market value of that industry right um anyway i think i talked too much and um I think that's enough for me for today. For you to listen to one person just talking and talking, it gets boring sometimes. So I always thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you as always. Thank you for listening. It's called Speaking of Which with your boy T, man. Peace.